0: The fact of the matter is showing a really good demo is not just about like your knowledge of your demo database or your software or your sale or your industry or your ability to manage a room. It's like the amalgamation of all of those things. And so it very much is like a symphony. And there's so many things that can go wrong in a demo that doing those teardowns is really helpful because we'd be able to isolate sort of a micro incident and go back to, oh, had we done this earlier, it would have gone better.
1: Hey everyone, George Soto here and you're watching Demo Diaries. Today I'm joined by Nick Sigelski, who's an Enterprise AE at Shorepoint and a host at 30 Minutes to Presidents Club, the podcast. How are
0: you, Nick? I'm living the dream. I'm excited to be here and looking forward to talking demos with you.
1: Awesome! I it's funny because we were chatting, you know, sort of in the green room right backstage here earlier, and you just got me so fired up, dude. It was like uh, it reminded me of my days doing door to door sales, where we would wake up in the morning at seven a.m. and actually 6 a.m., and then be out of breakfast around 7 a.m. and do these things called executive exercises where we would just jump around, just getting fired up, singing silly songs. So kudos to you. Your energy is infectious.
0: Well, it's fun because you're the one who has to ask the questions today and I just get to brain dump on you and hopefully the things that I say are moderately interesting. So the pressure's on you. That's why I'm in a good mood.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're, they're definitely interesting. In fact, I could say that for a fact. Uh, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about your career background and how the hell did you get into sales?
0: Sure. Sure. So, I was a college wrestler. uh, I started a company in college with actually one of my college wrestling teammates. And we ran that thing for about two and a half years. And we ended up not making anything big of it. But when I graduated college and we exited the business, I thought, all right, what the heck do I do next? My favorite thing about that world was the business development and meeting with partners and closing deals. And so I thought, all right, why don't I try to get into sales? And I knew that tech sales was court, sort of hot. And so I stumbled into an SDR role and then I stumbled into an AE role and I I messed up more times than I care to probably talk about, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm in a decent place today. I'm an enterprise AE at a, a pretty hot legal tech company called ShorePoint. Um, and I'm doing pretty well there enough to the point that I I can kind of fit in time to do stuff like this. So uh, on the side, I run a sales podcast, like you mentioned, 30 Mm -hmm. minutes to president's club. And then I basically take all of my commissions and I still drive a nice used Toyota. uh, And I've been putting them into buying a bunch of rental properties the past couple of years so that maybe eventually I don't have to do this anymore.
1: Nice. That's a good plan. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the demo here what's the sort of best demo training that you've ever experienced and and why was that the best?
0: It's actually funny because the best demo training I got, I wasn't even in AE. I wasn't the guy who was given the demos. I was an SDR, but we did these weekly demo teardowns at my company. And we would talk about like what went right with demos and what went wrong with demos, because I think it's easy to just prescribe like, here's how you do a great demo. But the fact of the matter is showing a really good demo is not just about like your knowledge of your demo database or your software or your sale or your industry or your ability to manage a room. It's like the amalgamation of all of those things. And so it very much is like a symphony. And there's so many things that can go wrong in a demo that doing those teardowns is really helpful because we'd be able to isolate sort of a micro incident and go back to, oh, had we done this earlier, it would have gone better. So. Um, that's probably the best demo training I've ever had in the past. Now what I'll try to do is like look back and evaluate my demos. And I have a solutions consultant I work with today. Um, but he and I still do things together in those demos, and we debrief on them every single time, which I, I think helps make them better. So hopefully that kind of answered your question. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's it rings a bell with me because I remember sitting there as an SDR. And this is uh, about 13 years ago. I remember getting my first SDR gig at a, a tech startup and just sitting back and watching the good demos and watching the not so good demos and learning then and then just getting so fired up about the day that I could do my own demo. Eventually I started doing my demos, of course, like they were just for qualifying. Right. And, uh, and then eventually I started to be able to carry it back. So that was awesome. You mentioned something, Nick, and you mentioned when demos go bad, what are some examples? And this sort of just came up as we were talking, you know, what are some examples of demos
0: going bad? Well, The worst nightmare is like the demo environment doesn't work, which I've had happen. And that's usually just like, a, all right, we got to try and save face and, and give them an explanation for it. But that's typically not on the salesperson. Let's talk about things that like a salesperson can control that go wrong. I think the biggest problem that salespeople run into with their demos come on the expectation side of things. And what I mean by that is, especially when you have multiple stakeholders coming into a meeting... I didn't really realize this until I started really enterprise selling people with these companies you're selling to don't talk to each other, the level that you think they do. Like there's a lot of like mystique around what happens behind the buyer's curtain, like in between your meetings, the answer is like, not not very much. <laughs> CFO and the CIO, Especially are not, now, like, right? Yeah, they're not linking up after the demo to talk for an hour about what they think. Are we going to buy this thing? Like they're running to their next meeting, and or they're they're hitting each other on Slack or Teams. So like a lot of your job as a salesperson is to do the work for the customer and make sure that they communicate with each other. And this leads to issues in demos where let's say you've been working with a CFO at a customer and they're inviting two of their other peers onto that call or onto that demo. The very average salesperson is just going to show up to that demo and they're going to start showing the things that the CFO has been interested in their conversations. And the demo is going to go awry because the CIO or, or the other people in the demos might've had different expectations about what was going to be shown or what was going to be discussed. And so- I think your like, average AEs or people showing demos start to say, all right, I got to get around that. Let me at least talk to these people at the beginning of the demo. Hey, uh, you know, Mark, is there anything in particular you really want to see or discuss today? Okay, cool. Let me jot those down. All right, Dan, how about you? Anything in particular you want to do? And so like, I think the average AE combats the midway through the demo, like, what the heck? I thought you were going to show us the integration with X platform when maybe you don't have access to that. So the best way to get around that like poor expectation setting is to not the day of the demo, but a couple days before, actually call the people that you're going to be meeting with. And it's as simple as Hey, Mark, I've been working with Joe, and I know that he invited you to the demo that we have on Friday. I was calling to see if there was anything particular you really wanted to see or discuss in that meeting. Well, now you don't have the pressure of like, you've only got 30 minutes with these people and you got to show the demo and do some discovery and build some rapport. You got to go and have those separate conversations with each people in advance of the meeting. And then when you come, you can be prepared to say, hey, I talked to Dan, I talked to Mark, I talked to Stacy. I talked to Emma, and roll up and say, here's what I heard from everybody. And then you don't run into the situation where like the biggest demo pitfall is somebody thought you were going to show something or address something that you're not the person who can show or address that. I'm not the guy who can show the integrations. I'm not the guy who talks IT or security. Trust me, you don't want me to do that. I can do a very specific thing. And so it can be awkward when you're in a demo and they ask for something and that resource isn't on the call. And this all goes back to your job as the salesperson is to pick up this magical device that I call the phone and call everybody who's gonna be there so that you can take care of those landmines when you're not in the field.
1: Absolutely, bravo, that's awesome. What are the best demos look like? What are they, like, what, are, what do they have? Like, are they longer, are they shorter? You know, have you been able to see that? Does this even matter?
0: I don't think the length matters as much because I've shown five minute demos and I kid you not here. I've also done eight hour demos for like the legal ERP thing I'm selling right now. We will do full day demos and there's different stakeholders co-come in for each piece. Um, my philosophy around it is you've got to start with the end in mind. And what I mean by that is Show the impact of the thing before you show how it works. Meaning when the demo starts, you're not starting on the login page and you're not starting with, well, here's how you set up all of the roles and permissions. You're saying, hey, Mark, the thing that you had asked us to, to cover in today's demo is how you um, you know, uh, uh, get, get time entries onto a bill and send that bill to a customer. Here's how you do it. Boom, boom, boom. Now to show you that I'm not completely crazy, here's how we do it on the back end. So what you do is you kind of start with the end in mind, meaning you start with the impact, you show them you wanted to see how to solve this problem. Here's a solving the problem with the demo. And then back, you can back it up after the fact with, here's how that actually gets done. You can get into the nuts and bolts. I think a lot of sellers mistake like their demo for a product training and you don't need to teach and train. You're trying to show them proof, that you can actually solve the thing that you've been talking about with them. So um, I think some general rules for demos are slow it down, less clicks, less screens, check for understanding more frequently, ask better questions. Like the worst thing I see sellers do is they ask really lazy questions. If you ask Mm -hmm. lazy questions, you get lazy answers. And so I think the laziest question is, any questions? (laughs) And so if you're like really struggling, one of the things that I'll, I'll, I'll lean on, if like my brain freezes up is like, How does this compare to how you're doing things today? Or um, how do you see your team using something like this, if at all? Um, So I think those are some of the elements of better demos.
1: Awesome. Well, drum roll here. So I have a question for you, which you've already sort of uh, answered, I think parts of, but let's just kind of maybe circle back. If you were to give a couple tips here to a sales leader around how to improve their demo today, Like right now, super actionable. They can listen to this podcast or watch this on YouTube and then go back tomorrow morning, give this to their AEs, SDRs, SEs, and they will convert more deals. What would those tips be?
0: Okay, so first one is what we talked about earlier, right? Do the work up front, call everybody who's going to be on that demo in advance of the demo. And to be clear, you're not going to get everybody, not everyone's going to pick up, but it's the fact that you made the effort and maybe you got four of the five people in the meeting to give you some discovery up front and and set expectations with. So the first one is get in touch with every single person who's going to be in that meeting separately, individually, so that you're rolling up what you've discovered from each individual person into that demo. So that's number one. The second piece is the upfront contract at the beginning of the demo. And I think there's there's like two or three really important elements here. When you show up at a demo, everyone is nervous that you're going to be the salesperson who drones on and on and on. They don't get a single word in, somebody's audio doesn't work, or they realize halfway through they can't see the screen, and they don't get a chance to voice what they want to hear. Cool. And so when you, when you start the demo, you've got to put all of that stuff at ease. You've got to cover the logistics of the meeting before anybody can truly engage in the meeting. What I mean by that is the first thing you check the time. Hey, I've got us down for a half an hour here. I think that puts us at a stop at 4.30. I just want to make sure that still works for everybody. And if there's anyone that has a hard stop sooner, just let me know so I can watch the clock. Pause. Okay, great. We've confirmed everyone's good on the time. So now we're not worried about like, this guy's not going to respect my time anymore. The next thing that you need to do is engage again. So we're talking about this theme of like engaging each individual in advance of the demo. Same thing when you're in the demo, you've got to ask each individual, it's something like this. It's like, Mark, I know you and I talked on Wednesday about some of the things you wanted to see today. And I, I just want to make sure, did anything come up between now and then that you want to make sure that, that we address in today's demo? Okay, cool. And then you do that for each person. You move on to Emma now and you ask Emma, is there anything in particular? I know we talked a couple of days ago. I do this for two reasons. One, things legitimately might've come up and I want them a chance to voice their opinion. I'm not this domineering sales guy who's like gonna forge ahead with, I'm setting the agenda. This is what we're doing. That's wrong. Like I have ideas of things that we're gonna cover today and you've all prepped me, but I want you to contribute. We're, We're building this agenda together. The second reason I do this, and this is almost more powerful, is I want to break the participation seal with each person. Because if I don't ask Emma what she wants to see or engage her in the beginning of that meeting, she might find out two-thirds of the way through that when she tries to ask a question, her line's been muted the whole time and she has no idea how to unmute. Or you get halfway through the demo and she can't see the screen. So you've got to engage each person. You've got to confirm the time. You've got to check the technical side of things. Can everybody see? Can everybody hear? Can everybody speak? And then you can start the meeting. so that's sort of like the upfront contract side of things. One other thing that I, I like doing in demos is I use the chat feature. Mm-hmm. So this works really well if you've got a stakeholder on the demo who's not super engaged or maybe might be somebody who you want to engage for a um, like uh, adjacent next step. What I mean by that is the IT director joins the meeting and you're showing something that really pertains to the finance folks. Well. They're going to be semi-engaged in that meeting. And what I'll do, and I do this while my solutions consultant, my SE is actually showing the um, the demo, because I'm just sitting there kind of watching at this point, taking notes. I'll chat that person and it'll be something like, hey, David, um, I know this is probably only moderately interesting to you going through the software demo. My guess is you have a number of different security and disaster recovery questions about us I'm wondering, would you like me to reach out and schedule some time for you to talk with our IT director about those things? So the idea is now I'm setting a concurrent next step. I'm starting to multi-thread more effectively. And it also makes it more interesting for me. I'm not just like sitting there watching <laughs> the demo anymore. Yeah, and uh, if you
1: just had a big like sandwich, you're like, yeah. <laughs> how many times have I been nodding off in a meeting, Yeah, it's so embarrassing.
0: Well, you've got to engage. I mean, there's nothing worse than just sitting there watching yeah. somebody else do something like It's a more effective demo when there's two voices speaking and you don't drive yourself as crazy. And it also helps like when I'm doing a long demo with my solutions engineer, I want to give that person like a little breather, a chance to have a sip of water. Otherwise they're talking for an hour straight, which is really challenging. Um, And so I want to give that person to like calibrate mentally a little bit. Um, The last thing that I'll mention is being like what I call disarmingly blunt. And what I mean by that is if you sense it, say it. So if I'm showing you a demo and we're on the analytics screen on the dashboard, and I can just tell you're not feeling this thing, or you're giving me curt one-word answers and your your screen is off. I'm I'm not just gonna keep pushing ahead. I'm not trying to like force feed this product to you. I'm gonna say something like, Dave. I'm kind of getting the sense that you're not crazy about this analytics screen, but I might be off. Could you help set me straight here? The idea is like, I'm not being a jerk about it, but I want to get to the truth more than I want to get the sale and actually getting to the truth probably helps you get the sale more than you trying to get the sale. One of two things happens when you like, you actually, you know, push for understanding here, they'll affirm and they'll say, yeah, I hate this thing. And now this gives you a chance to kind of ask why and get a sense of like what they don't like. And now you can handle their objection, meaning like you can address, maybe it's wrong what they think. Maybe they're like, I don't like, I can't see X. Oh, well, that's because X is on this screen over here. Let me show you that. Or if it's something you legitimately can't do and it's like a legitimate reason you're not a fit, great. Well, now you know and you don't have to follow up and touch base for the next six months. The other thing, the other outcome that could happen here is they say, no, I actually kind of like this. Sorry. I just haven't had any coffee today and I'm a little groggy.
1: <laughs> or I had you can my make sandwich. A
0: joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I just say I just ate a massive sandwich. And now you can make a joke. And after the fact, I don't know, Sendoso them some coffee or something. And boom, it's actually like tighter rapport. And the cool thing here is no matter which outcome happens, you're no longer the salesperson who like rah, rah, wants to make this thing happen. You're just trying to help figure out if this is a fit which guess what that's what the buyers doing also that's why they're on the demo and so you like there's something that i got taught as a new salesperson that i never really understood until recently which was this quote sit on the same side of the table as the customer and that's what you do when you like say i'm kind of getting the sense you're not loving mm-hmm. this analytics screen because you're moving over from i want to sell you and they're trying to figure out if this works to I'm trying to figure out if this works for you too. And if it doesn't, Mm -hmm. that's okay.
1: That's totally not going to hurt my feelings.
0: It's totally fine.
1: Uh, So there's your speed
0: round of, of demo tips.
1: I love that. That reminds me of something that I've always done kind of inherently just because I've always been like, let's fight the man together. Right. (laughs) And so I would, as a sales rep at a company, I would literally be like, okay, get on the side of the, of the prospect or customer and be like, they're telling me this. Let me see what I can. You know, I don't like it. You know what I mean? Like, let me see what I can do on this. Yep. Or, you know, yep. I don't. I. I think. I think this. The feature sucks. And then have the like. Sometimes the prospect would be like, "It's not that bad, George. Like, it's cool. It's relaxed. Don't worry. Don't get so upset. You know. And and that's really, you know, honestly for sure that that comes intuitively for a lot of us but even from a like tactical perspective i think it is something that's helpful to to put in in your toolbox like you mentioned so nick thank you so much for your time i very much appreciate it like i'm literally sweating i'm so fired up from talking to you here man i'm well, i need I to go a, in, like... got a
0: fan right here blowing <laughs> on me
1: i am uh, i'm in marketing now after like you know being in sales for men i guess since like 2000, I was selling stuff in retail, selling replacement plans, uh, for, for rollerblades at sports authorities. It's been a while, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, but I'm loving marketing and I've been doing it for the last couple of years. So cool. Well, listen, Nick, if folks want to follow you on social or learn more about the podcast, what are the best channels or URLs to reach you?
0: Get with me on LinkedIn. My first name's easy. It's N I C K Last name's a little trickier. It's C-E-G-E-L-S-K-I. And I accept all LinkedIn requests, except the ones of people trying to sell me more leads. So, uh... <laughs>
1: I got two of those today, yeah, yeah I get a lot
0: of those, all right, <laughs> we've got we have a number of mutual connections,
1: yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I saw you commented on Sarah's post,
0: yeah, that's better yeah. though, that's
1: better than that, that is better, yeah, for sure. I
0: get some funky stuff on there, but that's okay, but yeah, I mean, I, I'll connect with anybody I, I like helping new sellers, especially, I like helping old sellers too. I like helping all sellers because i I learned talking to other people also, and um I get fired up talking about this stuff with, with, with never stop
1: learning, right.
0: So best way to stay enthusiastic about things, learning. Absolutely. Because you learn something, you get so pumped up to try it. It's like, let me go out and do this thing. So
1: cool, to everyone listening. Absolutely. Well, have a wonderful day and hope to see you in person soon.
0: There you go. Love it. Thanks.